Hey, hey, gang, can't wait for you to hear this interview today with Ashley Monk. I love featuring folks who've really broken out of their nine to five to just get into their zone of genius, start their own business and serve others. And that is exactly what Ashley Monk has done. She started in the church arena, actually, with a 50,000 plus member community where she actually learned the skill set of marketing and sales, which I found really fascinating. But it is, you know, the church industry is an industry all in its own. And she took those skills to the internet and launched her own marketing agency. She and her husband work together. They've got a little baby at home. They've launched their own online advertising agency. And I love her story, just an incredible journey and how they've been able to scale their business and help others scale their their businesses and really problem solve and dial in on strategies for their clients to really overcome marketing challenges in the 2020 to 2022 world that we live in today. So I hope you guys really enjoy how we unpack Ashley's story of really breaking free of our nine to five and really creating an incredible business, but also on the back end, listening to her tips and tricks for our online entrepreneurs, because she is in the space of marketing and advertising, and she works in the world of Facebook ads, Google ads, all the things. So she's going to be giving you some tips and tricks on how to stay in the game and get driven results. So I hope you guys really enjoy this interview. Hey friend, Melissa Hinault here with the Burnout to All Out podcast. I'm a former multiple six-figure executive corporate burnout, feeling stuck in the life I built for myself. But using my corporate skills, I took to the internet and have built multiple six and seven figure businesses, showing others how they can build a life they love. Now on this podcast, I share stories of being an entrepreneur, a mom to my three amazing kids, and wife to my wonderful and supportive husband who supports all my wild and crazy dreams. My journey is taking grit and persistence and belief. And believe me, I'm still a work in progress that you may witness in real time, whether it's in our free burnout to all out Facebook community or inside my mastermind or even in my coaching programs, or maybe just right here on the podcast. I'm laughing and I'm crying with you. I've become a serial entrepreneur with a passion to inspire more burnouts, to take the leap of faith and go all out and live out their dreams. Consider me your mentor in your head and on the go. So let's get started. All right, we are live. We've got Ashley Monk here today on our Burnout to All Out podcast. Ashley, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much, Melissa. So excited for this interview. Yes, me too. Well, real quick, um, I've got kind of the formal introduction for you. So our audience knows a little bit about you. Ashley is, uh, she's the former CEO. Uh, she is the founder and CEO of Anya. Um, and she's in an online advertising agency that helps clients reverse engineer their desired results through strategic and innovative outcomes. As a Facebook verified marketing partner, which I'm excited to talk a little bit about this and contributing writer for Databox and Jotform, in addition to having clients featured in Forbes, 
Entrepreneur in Huffington Post, Ashley helps growth-minded companies who have had been unable to scale their services and digital products because they could not dial in strategy or solve their own marketing problems. So really excited to hear your journey today. And she's also a proud mama of a little one and her husband works full time with her in her business, right? Yes. Yep. Yes, he does. Yes. So cool. So cool. So Ashley, I want to go back. Like, let's get started with the Ashley before she was this badass online entrepreneur when you were working for somebody else. Because I love starting her story like this, right? So I love where did you come from, right? Before you were the CEO of this company that your husband's doing business with, where were you in life? Okay, I'll give you, I'll try to give you the very abridged short version. So I, my degree is actually in biblical studies and I, I worked in mega church world for a while. So that was kind of, that was how my husband and I met. We grew up um, in ministry together and fast forward, we got engaged and we were long distance. I was living in West Palm Beach. He was here where we live now, where we're from in Indianapolis and decided to move back and work for a family owned company that I've known forever in sales and marketing um, within property management. And so I did that for several years and I joke that I accidentally started our agency because a lot of the value in my role there came from commission. And to be successful in that role, it meant finding new tenants, new companies, new business owners to be able to lease to so that I would hit my quota every single month and have enough tenants to be able to get that commission check, right? And so that was where my love for marketing began because it's funny, you know, when I tell people I worked in ministry, I think they're perception maybe versus reality is different. So the church that I worked at in South Florida was about 50,000 members. Our staff was about 400 people. And the company that I transitioned to in property management was actually only about 20 20 full-time employees, I think. And so pretty big switch. And so, I mean, the the churches that I worked for, the communications team down there, I think was around 15, 20 people alone. And so I joked that I learned a lot more about marketing in those capacities. And so fast forward to going into property management, I had learned a lot of bits and things just through doing a lot of events for the church, I took in those strategies for the company. And so that was where I started to learn how to do lead generation. I knew that I needed to fill up my pipeline with more people, started taking classes online, started subcontracting with other agencies to get experience. So burnout was probably right where I was at because I would work nine to noon, one to five at the property management company mornings, I would be ghostwriting from about 5am to 830 when I would get ready and go lunches, I was calling and trying to build up my book of business and doing as many meetings as I could. And then nights I was subcontracting with the agency and working from with other agencies from about six to 11 o'clock at night and rinse and repeat and weekends, of course, filled up with more writing. So that was kind of the burnout and a little bit of the background to what prompted me to go out on my own. Wow. Okay. So incredible. I know there's always such a great story behind the success. And that experience probably helped set you up for where you landed. So what gave you the idea to go out on your own? And then the follow-up is going to be like, what gave you the confidence to actually do it? Such a great question. So the idea to go out on my own came when I was ghostwriting. And one of my articles got picked up by, um, I think that one was Forbes. And I was like, Oh, I was so excited because I was thinking, wow, my article was, you know, like good enough to start getting featured. And I was writing for a few companies at that point. And I was really excited about that. But then I was like, oh, well, wait a second. 
maybe I should pause for a second and maybe I should consider maybe there's more here. And the other factor was I was focusing so much on lead generation. I wanted to move up in the company that I was with at the time. And the company was changing directions. They um, kind of opted to go a different route. And so there weren't as many because that was really my original intent was I want to be the senior marketing director at a large organization. That's where I couldn't get a build. And so I was helping a lot of our tenants and the people that were leasing with us at the time, just when I was there, giving them tips on what I was doing for the organization to try their businesses. And it got to the point where a lot of them wanted to hire me. And so I started getting clients inside and kept all that separate. Um, and it's really upfront and transparent with my company about what I was doing because integrity is everything to me. And I wanted to make sure that we had very, very clear lines between what I was doing there and separating that work. And that was how I started to get my first clients. And it really did. I went part-time at that point. And then I think January of 2020, right before the pandemic, is when I went full-time into my business. Wow. Awesome. That's so awesome. How exciting. And so it wasn't like you just like went out on a limb and just like just, you know, jumped off the boat, right? It was strategic. Yeah. I worked with a coach at that point. That was the best investment that I had made at that point was when I hired a coach to tell me if it was really viable or not. And so working with that coach, she helped me go from full-time to part-time, then part-time to kind of crafting my exit plan. I left sooner than I intended, but I did finally kind of take the leap a little bit sooner um, and ended up being terrifying because it was, it was about six weeks before the global shutdown was my last day at, at my job. So crazy timing. Um, it ended up being good for our the nature of what we did. Everyone had to turn on so that it, it was. But at first, it was terrifying because we were doing a lot of event, <laughs> event marketing for events that were no longer happening. But yes, it was calculated to a degree. And then the last point was just really trusting my intuition and trusting myself enough because I was getting close to hitting my benchmarks of what I wanted to hit before I left. And then I finally, that coach opted to retire and I started working with um, another coach and he helped me really take the step to just kind of pull the, like take out the uh, training wheels and, and go all in. That's awesome. So I'm curious, um, how did you go through the process of finding a coach that helped navigate? Cause that's kind of, niche right to like a specific coach to help navigate from one career to starting another business like how did you go about vetting out a good coach for that oh my goodness it i was so blessed and it really was like having that faith to just like really find that person is i was so lucky i was so lucky i was in a facebook group and i had been kind of toying with the idea because others had kind of recommended it to me before and I just happened to see a post from someone that was talking about this business coach and endorsing her inside the Facebook group. So two of her clients that she was working with just spoke so highly of her. And I actually called her students and was like, hey, could I actually talk to you? What was it like to work with this person? And that's exactly what her niche was, was helping people go from side hustle to CEO. She um, was and still is. She's incredible the CEO of a multi, multi-million dollar healthcare company in Texas. She's Texas Businesswoman of the Year. She's incredibly successful. And she was just looking for a way to mentor up and coming female CEOs to bring on and pass the next generation on. And it just was, yeah. So I was looking in Facebook groups to try to vet people. And because her niche was that precise and that refined, that was what led to our work together. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. The power of social networking, 
right? Yeah, social networking and referrals too and having that real life customer proof and like just the strength and the transformation of what she did for them is what showed me that that could be possible for me too. And yes. Social grooming and validation. I love it. I love it. Okay. So, so it's not all roses being an entrepreneur, is it? No, it is not, Melissa. I know you know that better than everyone, but yeah, it is not. That's for sure. So I'm always curious if you can share, because I love condensing time for people by sharing where the, we had flops, right? And learn. Right. Do you have any like major flop in your first year and a half? Because it's what? It's been a year and a half. It is fun. So I started the company in May of 2019 and 2021 of January will be officially my full second year, like full time. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, so two and a half years. And when it comes to flops, oh, I have so many. I have so many, but they, the quote that I always love, and you mentioned it before we started talking, I mean, I always cling to never a failure, always a lesson. And one of the best coaches always told me too, that the only true failure is by not trying at all, because then you don't know. But on Biggest one, oh my gosh, again, there there are so many and they've all been great learning lessons. The one that comes to mind right now that is the biggest has been hiring too quickly and hiring the wrong person. And, you know, I think there when we hit a point in our business and when we begin to grow, we want to bring more people onto our team. We want to be able to replicate it. And it's an amazing thing. And this year, I hired two of the wrong people. And they were both, I made the same mistake twice, which is why I think that it's probably the biggest flop. I didn't know that that was the mistake at the time, but I made the same mistake twice. It's so clear to say now, I hired based on acumen and not culture. And so the first person I brought in, I love her dearly. We're still very close to this day. She's fantastic. And the first person was a mishire because she was a fellow. She was also a business owner and she was loving doing that. And she thought she kind of wanted to transition. But when it came to our culture, a big part of our culture is that even though we serve a lot of online companies, we are like our team is all local. We are all a lot of the time for hybrid, but we're in the office and we have probably one of the tightest team cultures in a lot of the companies that I've seen. But we're all local and that's a huge contributor. And she was remote. And I think that she felt that. And there were some other things that just weren't a cultural fit and then made the same mistake again. I hired, I, you know, it was, I wanted to grow and bring someone in quickly, especially because it was right around the time that my daughter was about two weeks old when um, the first person had started. And then the next one, she was only a couple months old and I wanted help. And so I made the mistake of not preserving the culture that we had built and hiring for that first and then for school and active and secondary. And I brought someone in that just was not a good fit um, from a character perspective and for like just what we needed and what was expected. Perfect acumen, like perfect precision to be very successful in the role. And I saw how quickly that not bringing in those cultural fits can really, really affect. It affects morale. It affects your experiences with your clients. It affects everything from the top down. And so that was the biggest flop because truly, and again, there were so many lessons learned, but you're culture, even if you're listening to this and it's you and you want to bring on your first VA, the person that you hire and anyone that you bring on is an extension of you and your brand. And you have to bring in those people so strategically. Yes. So good. And so true. And I have experienced the same things myself. And, you know, the other thing I think is really interesting in being kind of the entrepreneurial space and like new business for me, I don't know if you've experienced this, but like we've grown so much. In the last year and a half, I learned quickly 
that in hiring, I needed to hire people who liked change and embraced change. Because in a company that was growing so fast, there was no other option than to change and move along with the company. Right. Right. And so for those of you who are even considering being an entrepreneur, like, you know, supporting other entrepreneurs or business owners is like if you're joining a team or a company that's in a growth phase, like if you are not open to changes and adaptations to scope and role, it's probably not a good place for you to be, right? Like I think about my girlfriends who are in retail pharmacy because I'm a pharmacist. Yeah, that's amazing, Melissa. Yeah. So like one of my best friends loves her retail job. Like I would like, I'd rather have my eyes poked or have Chinese water torture than stand behind a counter and count bills for eight hours a day. Like, yeah, right. But my girlfriend loves the predictability. She goes, she does her job and she comes home and her job doesn't come with her. Her job is very predictable. She does not like, you know, unexpected things. Right. And I feel like um, being in kind of the entrepreneurial space, it's like things are constantly evolving. Things are constantly changing. So if you want a fixed role that doesn't change at all this year, it's probably not a good fit for you. And so I had to learn to vet that out in the beginning of the conversation. Like how open are you to your scope of your role changing and adding like how, how open are you to your role developing and adding more roles and, and responsibilities? So then what about, what are you most proud of? Oh man, on that same token, it's so funny on the other side of the coin, you know, I think my biggest flop was mishearing, but my most proud area of our business is just, it is that culture we built because I think in that flop, it did show me kind of that, you know, there's always the other side. And that is that we have built something that is so precious and worth stewarding. We have built a culture of innovation, of camaraderie, of close proximity, of honesty, of integrity. And seeing that and see what we've built, I'm, I'm so proud of that. I'm so proud of that. But again, I, it has not been perfect. And there have been a lot of flops. And there are probably going to be a lot more flops to come. And you're never exempt from that if you're listening. Um, and so they're important to remember too. But yeah. I would just say that it is that culture of community. It is that, wow, I, you know, in less than two years now can employ other people to find to not only be able to do work they love and have that flexibility, but to find more fulfillment in what they do and to be able to have that change and to have that growth opportunity and being able to not only provide that for our team, but like to instill that hope within our clients and to, again, have a culture that it's bigger than just me and to have the legacy that comes with that is probably what I am most proud of. It's just, it has to be rewarding. It's not perfect, but it is so rewarding by all means. That's so awesome. I love that. It's so true, though, being able to create that team. And, you know, I even think it's just about global impact economy, right? Like you're creating jobs for people and you're helping people who are watching businesses grow up the economy, right? In a, in a state, in a, in a space where a lot of industries are suffering, the online business space is like really taking off. So just serving that space is so cool. Are you struggling to generate leads on Facebook and Instagram? Do you want to attract and close more high quality leads without having to rely on ads and the hustle of Instagram and Facebook? Most service-based online business owners are stuck trying to build their audiences and launches using overly saturated Facebook groups, ads, and DMing strategies, and they are struggling, but there's a better place and way to connect with ideal clients. It's on LinkedIn. 
You guys, you know me, Melissa Hanalt. I've tapped into the power of LinkedIn to generate leads and grow six and seven figure businesses online. We just hit six figures just last month and 80% of our six figure sales were from organic leads, not from ads. I teach all types of business owners how to attract and close their ideal clients with ease. I'm hosting a free masterclass where I'm teaching how to generate thousands of high quality leads on LinkedIn without paying a fortune with Facebook ads and without exhausting yourself trying to stand out in a saturated market. Imagine generating warm leads instead of cold ones with ads resulting in a higher conversion rate. Imagine marketing to an audience with the money mindset and the income to invest in what you have to offer. Register for free today at our website, www.burnouttoallout.co. That's www.burnouttoallout.co or jump into my free Facebook community, Burnout to All Out, and just make a post in there and say, hey, I need a concierge. Get me signed up for this next workshop. Can't wait to see you on the back end. Next up, I'd love for you to just listen to some of our clients currently in the academy and listen to how they're winning with our strategies. So there's no question that this academy has changed everything about my business. And just a little fun fact is in the first four months of this business, we just ended April, I made more in the first four months than I did my entire year last year in my social selling business. And there's no question, the only thing I changed was the LinkedIn Academy. <laughs> so I owe it all to you. Well, so I mean, your zone of genius is around marketing, right? So can we kind of like- Yes, yeah. For that couple minutes? What, where do you, I know you help people who are kind of lost and maybe not driving or scaling the results they want. What do you find are some of the biggest mistakes that maybe you can help people shortcut? I mean, obviously you have a full business to do this, but like, any like just pearls of wisdom on, you know, or what you've seen clients come to you with where they've made some of the biggest mistakes in marketing? Oh, I'll simplify it. There are so many things. I love this question. There are so many different directions that this could go, but I have found there is one core thing and one very, very simple. Now it's not easy, but it is simple fix that you could do that will transform marketing to guarantee that you can have a return on your investment. And that is making sure that you have a marketing strategy that supports your business goals. And to clarify on that, what I see happen all the time with clients and a lot of the work that we do, a lot of our trainings and workshops that we do focus on this. And it is coming in and we hear from our clients, okay, Ashley, should should I be on TikTok? Should I be on LinkedIn? Should I do Facebook ads? How much should I spend on Facebook ads? How many reels should I be posting? And it's all of these great questions, but they're in the weeds. And the question I like to ask them before we even touch any of that is what are your business goals? Like, what are you here to do? What do you want 2022 to look like for you? What is that number? What is it a revenue goal? Is it an amount of clients that are coming in? What does success look like from you? Is it four new clients a month? And then it's where are those clients hanging out? And if you have a strategy that supports those goals, that is the most effective thing you can do in your marketing. Because people come all the time, they're like, okay, I'm ready. We're ready to work with Anya for your Facebook ads. And I'm like, okay, whoa, 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 like slow down. Just because someone told you you need Facebook ads, you may or may not based on your business goals, based on what's working for you. And right. so when it comes to really creating your marketing plan and doing any of your efforts, the one biggest piece of advice and shortcut would be keeping it simple and knowing what is your business objective? 
Where are your ideal clients most engaged? What's worked in the past, right? We don't want to reinvent the wheel. And let's figure out how to do more of that. And it may or may not be doing all the things that everyone's told you, but before you take all the advice from everyone, focus on those core things first and create a marketing plan around that. I joke that, you know, people put their marketing plan, which is like all the things, right? You wouldn't, if you were trying to lose 15 pounds or trying to lose weight and get in really, really good shape, you wouldn't just, I mean, maybe you would, right? Maybe you just create this crazy diet and you're like, okay, I'm going to only, I'm not going to eat any carbs. I'm not going to eat anything with gluten. I'm going to only drink water. I'm going to cut out my wine, right? And I'm going to work out six or seven times a week. Well, you may lose weight, but it probably, one of two things would happen. You lose weight because you do it and then you probably gain it all back because it's not, I mean, we're all busy and you probably would realize it's not sustainable or you just wouldn't even start because you'd feel so overwhelmed and it may or may not work because every body type is different. Everyone's schedules are different. Everyone's food, like nutrition, the way that you respond to workouts. And that's why your first step before doing that would realistically be, well, how much weight do I want? Maybe I don't even want to lose 50 pounds. Maybe I just want to fit in these pair of jeans. How many inches do I need to eat and lose? Do I respond? Do I bloat when I eat carbs? Or can I eat carbs and maybe I should just cut out ice cream, right? And so before you go to lose the weight and just doing all this stuff, I see people take the same approach with their marketing. Focus on what that goal is, why it's important to you. Like the in the business world, it's, I want to make seven figures. Well, that's great. But why? Like we, sure, we could try to support that and that's the goal. But let's set goals too around um, maybe you just want to pay yourself ten to $20,000 a month, right? And you could do that without making seven figures. But maybe you do, right? So it's just making sure that strategy supports that goal. And that goal is really, really important to you that there is no other option than to see that goal to fruition. So good. I love that. And it's so true. We had our own journey with this this past year. So we didn't use any Facebook ads. We did a couple of our first launch. We had like a quarter million dollars. No Facebook ads. May not. And then we did two more six-figure launches. No Facebook ads. But then everybody's like, oh my gosh, it's going to be like, wait till you put money into ads. Like you're already making so much money. When you throw ads in there, it's going to be insane. And so we're like, wait, what? We should be we should be spending money on ads. Oh my gosh, everybody else is doing it. Everybody can scale at seven figures as you use ads. So we ourselves who know the the niche of organic leads, we crush it over LinkedIn with organic leads. We started pouring money into Facebook ads. And I actually would love to pick your brain on this. Yeah. Um, in the middle of this past year, and the more money we funneled into ads, the less we focused on the organic stuff that was working for us, the less revenue we brought in. And I, you know, we, you know, we just kept pouring gasoline on it and trying to figure out why it wasn't working. And then finally a couple, like two months ago, I was like, screw it. We're not doing ads. We're doing organic. And we went back up to over $100,000 in sales that month. So, I, <laughs> so um, I'm curious, uh, you know, so obviously I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Just being, you know, two years into it myself, realizing what fits for one person is not for another. I'm curious on your take on all the changes with the Facebook ads. I'm sure you hear about this a lot. And how are you managing and navigating the changes with Facebook ads? Oh, I love it. Well, to your point, yes, marketing is not one size fits all. It's why no one wants the one size fits all yoga pants. They're terrible. They're uncomfortable and they don't fit right. And that's the same with your marketing and ads. Yes, we see this all the time and kind of really what we do, because that's part of a big fraction of the work that we do as an agency. But we try to have really, really, really clear calls on the front end, setting expectations and resetting them and kind of undoing all the everything the gurus told you and told you to do and what everybody said and trying to undo that. 
So to unpack this, number one, yes, Facebook ads have changed and they're going to continue to change. And so it is now more than ever really important if we're going to have that strategy to have two factors in mind. One, don't stop. If there's something that's doing, and I always, I think this is really hard for online entrepreneurs to understand. There's, we work with both local and online companies and the local businesses have got the sound because they are used to having nine lead sources at all times, right? They've got all these people. They don't have all their eggs in one basket like online business owners do because the local business owners, they're doing direct mail. They're going to networking events. They are doing Google ads or billboard ads. I mean, they're, they have maybe a storefront too. There's lots of other options. And so the nice thing about working with those companies is we have a lot more time because even though no one wants to hear it, it really does take three to six months to be able to dial in ads or any other strategy to measure enough variables to know what's going to work for you. Because sure, we could probably turn on an ad campaign for you, Melissa, right now and get you 200 leads, right? Would they be the right leads? Probably not. Would they be converting on the back end? Maybe I probably not, right? There are so many other factors. And so when it comes to ads, now more than ever, especially because laser targeting is all that dead. We had that in our copy on our website previous to iOS 14, and we removed laser targeting from everything because we don't really believe in it anymore because it's really not po as possible as it was because now broad targeting and messaging are really important. So yes, ads have changed. Costs have gone up as well. And that is the equivalent to gas prices coming up. Everyone's like, Ashley, bring my cost per lead down. And I like to reframe that question. That question is really fun for me because I usually like to reverse it with, well, okay, well, Melissa, why don't you just go tell the gas companies when I show up that I don't really want to pay $3.22 for gas. And why don't you just ask them to lower the gas price for me? Can you do that? The same is true with Facebook ads and the stock market. It is inflation. And so the mm -hmm. question becomes, Everyone is looking at this through such a narrow lens. And that lens is, let's just get my cost per lead down so I can get more volume. And I'm thinking, no, that's one variable. The real question is really, how much do I need to spend for this to be profitable for me to keep up? And if I spend that, is it worth that investment to see a return on my investment? Because yes, you're probably going to have to spend more money to bring those people in but there may be a threshold and it may not be profitable. And finally, your risk tolerance too. Am I going to be okay to do a lot of testing? And with all of our clients, we've been going back to very, very, very simple A-B tests. We used to be able to test a lot more variables at once. Now we dial it into a science. We're like, this button color works better than this button color for this person's ads. And really going back to those basics. So they do still work. The big nuggets are stop focusing on cost per lead and look at your overall ROI and what is profitable for your business. Look at, okay, how much can I, you got to, everyone has to stop seeing these as an ATM. I just want to shake the online industry. Facebook ads are not an ATM. They're not. You don't put money in and get money out every single time. This is an investment and you don't go and invest in a 401k and expect to pull money out unless you're a day trader, right? Even then, I think that's for stocks anyway. This is an investment and you need to have a higher risk tolerance to be able to do this and know that I can commit to about six months of testing, not just spending money and throwing it out the wall aimlessly of testing and dialing it into what's going to work for you. And then finally, really focusing on broad targeting messaging is going to be key in having consistent measures to check tracking like UTMs or some of those best practices. So I'll stay out of the weeds a little bit now that I've kind of gone on my rant. Thank you for listening to my soapbox. So right there, um, could talk about it all day. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. So good and so relevant right now though, right? So relevant. Yeah.
you know, I think about one of my girlfriends who's re- recently launched functional medicine mastermind. She teaches other healthcare practitioners how to launch their own functional medicine practices. And, you know, you talk about like the numbers and the science of all of it, because she was complaining. She's like, oh my God, I'm having to pay $37 per click per lead. But yeah, but like her niche audience is very specific to these specific healthcare practitioners who are entrepreneurial, who would be like open to launching a business, but, and her price points like 25 grand. So it's right. like, you know, like you pay eight, 10 grand on Facebook ads and you get just two or three sales and it was profitable, right? Yeah. I, I totally get it. Well, this has been so good. Two final questions, and then we'll talk about what people can find me. I love hearing what people are reading right now. What are you reading right now? Oh, my goodness. What am I not reading? I have, My goal for next year is 52 books for the whole year, but I just reread The Compound Effect. I try to read every year of Tara Hardy. So good, but I think it's definitely relevant. I mean, it's always relevant. I, I've read it every year in the past two years. And the biggest nugget from that book, if you're an online entrepreneur listening, is remember, there's no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. Everyone's teaching you your big, quick fix or whatever. So remember, there's no shortcuts. Show up, the reps, do it over and over again consistently. And I, I just love that that, te- that book yes. teaches that. Yes, go over the mountain. You can't go through it. I love yep. it. Love it. Okay, so where can people find you, Ashley? Oh my goodness. Well, thank you, Melissa. Best place to get in touch is onyamark.com. Our tagline for Anya is onyamark gets at grow. So it's O-N-Y-A, you know, fun play on words. But on our website, we've got a ton of resources. We've got a Facebook ads cost calculator on there. We've got a Facebook community. Uh, But of course, the most notable place to keep in touch if you want to learn more is every month we do a monthly workshop and it's free and it's laser focused on something and the one we're doing in January, there's info on our website, is all about planning your 2022 marketing strategy. So it'll be a pretty big dive on what we talked about today. Awesome. So good. Well, thank you so much for coming in today and educating us all things marketing, but then also inspiring with just your, your story, breaking free of burnout and living all out, just crushing life, running a business with your husband. I love it. I love it so much. Thank you, Melissa. Yes, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Burnout to All Out podcast. For free resources, materials, or information on my coaching services, go ahead over to livethefreelife.co. That's livethefreelife.co. Or check out our Facebook community at Burnout to All Out. And make sure you follow Burnout to All Out on Spotify and subscribe to iTunes. And it would truly mean the world to me if you paused for just a second, gave me that five-star review of the show, and be sure to share this episode with any burnouts you think would be inspired to go all out after hearing this episode.